This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at Remax Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. What's Hey now. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Happy Tuesday. It is the 26th of April. Does it feel like it? Mm, yeah. <laughs> so cool, though. Brutal. Yeah. Um, let's see here. There's just an epic amount of stuff that we're going to cover off in this episode of After 9. I'd like to start off with a little Canadian content, if we could. Yeah, let's do some Canadian content here. Some CanCon, as we call it in the radio biz. Because... Yesterday, Elon Musk did buy Twitter. The sale has been approved. He just has to hand over the money. One of the chief financiers for this deal, the financial backers of Elon Musk, RBC, Royal Bank of Canada. Okay. Loaned him some money for this. Oh. Very good. Okay, cool. And now another prominent Canadian is weighing in. Kevin O'Leary, who you know from Dragon's Den and Shark Tank and mm-hmm. that unfortunate incident in the Muskoka. <laughs> <laughs> He's got. He wants you to forget about that part. But yeah, I mean, it wasn't him. Nothing happened. Nothing to see here, people. But I think I, that whole story is still fascinating. Hilarious. It is. It is fascinating. One thing about Kevin O'Leary, I, I actually like Kevin O'Leary a lot. I like him. I like him because he is brutal. I like him because he's honest. I like him because he doesn't hold back. He is that guy that will tell you. And, and I'm a I'm a fan of Shark Tank and Dragon's Den both. That's how I became a fan of O'Leary, but I follow him anyway. And his tips and, and guidelines to life if you want to work hard to get what you want, this is what you got to do are actually pretty good. And like I said, they're blunt. And for some people, they don't like that. They're turned off by it. But I really do think that he has a lot of really good things to say. So he was asked recently, what's what's going on? How do you feel about this whole Twitter thing? If it was you, what would you do if you were Elon? Twitter went public almost 10 years ago, just over nine years ago. It has been a miserable investment. It is the worst performing social media company. It has done an abysmal job of creating value for shareholders. All the while, multiple management teams rotating through, issuing themselves options, creating zero value year after year. It is a horrible story for investors. Go in there, fire everybody, and reboot the company. That's what's needed. Clearly, silencing one voice and not another was a bad strategy. They lost millions of followers. It doesn't matter if you get into politics or not. I don't know why an open cry public social media platform like uh, Twitter should decide who's on it and who isn't. I mean, that's a debate that'll go on, but what it needs is adult supervision. It's time to take the entire management team out and the board and get rid of them because they've underperformed everything. Mm. Tell me one thing he said that was wrong. I dare you find anything that was wrong. I know there's people who do not like Donald Trump, but like we said at the time, and I will say it again, banning Donald Trump from Twitter was a fatal mistake for Twitter. And it's been nothing but a shithole ever since. And I say that as a user of Twitter. I still use it, but it's not good. I don't feel good about myself after I go through my tweets. And and part of the reason is the censorship. If Musk wants to allow everyone to participate and everyone on the same level playing field, but have some common sense rules to prevent things that we don't want on there. We don't want hate speech. Hate speech is not free speech, mm-hmm. but every opinion is valid, providing it's factual. Right. And it's not even for Twitter to decide what is and isn't factual. How many times did people get flagged in their tweets because they said something about COVID-19 and they got shut down? Oh, fuck you. You're spreading misinformation. Wait a couple of months and it turned out that what they said was not inaccurate. And that's been happening time and time again. Twitter got themselves into a shitty spot. Selling was the best thing they could have done because Musk is going to treat it like a business. He's going to run it properly. And I don't even blame O'Leary for saying that. I know there's some people who don't like that whole when you take over a company, fire everybody and start over fresh. But that's probably what needs to be done here. Yeah. And I don't know if it needs to necessarily be on every single level. There are quite 
wonderful people that work in the marketing category, for example, that are actually have worked for a lot of prestigious companies that actually have a great resume that you might want to keep around. So I don't know if it's like a complete blow up or maybe he just means certain areas. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I, I don't know what the hell I would do, but I'm, I'm not in the business of it. But I think that Elon will make some really good moves. My question is, is he going to be able to bring in? Because from what I could tell, young people don't use it. No. Nobody young uses it. Nobody under the, I shouldn't say nobody, but not a lot of people under 25 even use that platform. I see a lot of millennial, a lot of Gen X, and a lot of boomers on Twitter. Mm -hmm. So is it a goal even of Elon's to bring in, uh, you know, Gen Z into the mix, for example? Maybe, maybe not. I think he'll get a certain kind of Gen Z. I think he'll get people that are interested in investing. I think he'll get people that are fans of him or fans of various celebrity. And and once it's a little more of a level playing field, he might attract some younger users. He might even find a way to make it cool again. I don't know. I know. It depends. I mean, if he wants to bring in other features, it doesn't seem like he wants to bring in too many features in terms of, okay, guys, this is basically going to be another TikTok as well, where you can post your videos. I don't think it'll be that way. I think he likes that it's mainly text and you can use photos and absolutely you can post videos. That's fine. But that's mainly what it seems to be and it seems he quite likes it that way i mean the guy's been on since if i'm not mistaken 2009 and he's got over 80 million followers so he knows what twitter is all about and i'm sure he wouldn't blow up the whole concept and and do anything different there but i love the changing hands in that the bots will be gone for me twitter can't get worse i don't like twitter that much i'm on it i I tweet i i reply to people on it no problem if you if you tweet me directly and that's your thing i'll dm you back i'll tweet you back no problem but I don't like it that much for many different reasons. And if if he can bring in some improvements, making sure we get rid of those bots, making everybody have to authenticate themselves, which is a little, I suppose, tedious for like a day for a lot of people because you're going to have to authenticate yourself. I forget how you and I had to do it. We are verified on Twitter. We had to upload our driver's license. We had to upload our license. So that might be something that deters people from wanting to get authenticated. Thus, you got to go. If you, I think, don't leave everybody up there. If you don't authenticate and be who you are on there, maybe that's the kind of platform we need. Show your face. Tell us what you do. Tell us your opinion. And by all means, you don't have to tweet everything. Like some people believe they have to tweet the whole world, everything, every second. Maybe you stay on and you hold back. Some people will be hesitant to give all of, it, of, of their information. Some people like the anonymity. Maybe then that site's not for you. That's how I would do it. You got to be you, no matter what. I just think that this is a giant step forward for canceling cancel culture. And when you see people freaking out, oh, fuck this. I can't be on a platform that's owned by Elon Musk and the changes. We already know people don't like change to begin with, even if it's the change is going to be good. The people who are freaking out about Elon Musk taking over and his commitment to making it a free speech platform, I think are the ones that are angry that they're not going to be able to squeeze out the people they disagree with anymore. And that was happening. They got rid of Donald Trump. They got rid of a whole bunch of other people that they didn't like. The undesirables. Mm -hmm. And now they're going to be back and they're going to be able to have their opinion. And there's some people who are so hellbent on not hearing the other side that they'll just cancel them. Well, that won't happen anymore. Not on Twitter anyway. And I'm happy about that. Hey, listen, I don't know if Trump is going to come back on. He says he's not, but he's also promoting his own platform. Yeah, but hang on. Do you think though, knowing what he knows now that Elon is taking it over, he would have held off going forward with a truth social, which by the way, he can't even remember the name of. He was talking to reporters about it the other day. I don't know if we had the clip or not, but he was talking to reporters about it the other day and he couldn't even remember what it was called. Had to give the American people their voice back by Building something called truth, truth, central truth, truth, social. But anyway, yeah, I, I, I wonder if he would have even bothered with that, knowing Musk is there. He likes uh, Elon Musk, for those that don't know. And a lot of people think that because Trump likes Elon Musk, Elon Musk is a terrible person, which is oh, OK. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Think what you want to think. You know, I it's just they, they paint you and they label you. And then anybody who's associated with you, fuck you. That's what they do. That's what they do. And it's so frustrating. We saw it yesterday. Dave Portnoy, stool presidente, barstool guy who runs around eating pizza and giving out stock tips. Came to Toronto. He was going to the Jays Red Sox game. He was going to try out some pizza joints. He was going to walk in and support businesses that have been through hell through the pandemic, especially businesses in Ontario, which got completely railroaded by the Ford government. He was going to support him and help him, give him some free promo to his millions of followers. Apparently, Blog TO was phoning pizza places, warning them, oh, you don't want to be associated with Dave Portnoy. You don't want to be associated with that guy. 
San Ramo Bakery replied to Dave and said, hey, come on by, try our pizza. Somebody at BlogTO phoned San Ramo and said, yeah, that's probably not a good idea. So they rescinded the invitation because they were that afraid of being canceled because they had Dave Portnoy in. I'm, I'm you got to ba- stop that shit, I'm guys. baffled by that. I really am. I don't understand why you would go to such great lengths. I like BlogTO. I'm not exactly sure why they did that or what the angle is on that, unless maybe they just want some publicity. And if they do, good on them. I mean, if if any publicity is good publicity, then good on you guys. I I just can't figure out the angle on that. But either way, Elon's going to take Twitter in a slightly different direction. Nobody's going to get canceled unless they're spewing hate speech and things Mm -hmm. like that. And that's the way it should be. That's the way it used to be until we got so polarized and divided. And it's it's frustrating that it came to this, but I'm glad the the wrong is going to be righted. Right. So to speak. That, yes, that's the right. way to say it. Righted? Okay. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll trust it. And I, I think this is a positive step forward. <clears throat> so good on Elon. And that's why the authentication comes into play, right? Because if you are going to say things that aren't hate speech, I mean, hate speech is out. Absolutely. But if you are going to say something that's not a popular opinion, perhaps, but it's an opinion you have, absolutely every right. But you're you doing it. You know, stand up for what you did. And if you edited it, we need to see that you edited your tweet. And that's something that will come into play, too. By the way, I don't think everyone is going to have to upload their ID. I'm pretty sure this process is going to be able to work in other ways. You're already verified, for example, likely if you have Apple Pay or Google Pay. If you could sign in through that account, it would already see that you are who you are. If you sign in through your online banking, that's essentially how they authenticate you through the CRA. There's lots of ways they could do it without having to upload your ID, which I know a lot of people would not be comfortable with. I did it because they asked us for it Mm -hmm. when they verified us. But it's true. You should be able to know that when you're responding to a comment, that's a real person with real feelings and a real opinion. And the fact that you can't tell a real person between a bot right now, that's not helpful either. Uh, Let's go on to a couple other things. Do we want to give any time here to Bad Bobby? I I think we probably should. Yeah, I guess. I'm so mixed. I'm I'm mixed on this one because I don't know. And I'll admit, like partially, it's like almost jealousy that a person like this can make that much money. But she made it fair and square. So how can you really get angry? Let's take you back. Do we have the original Dr. Okay. Oh, God. So the Cash Me Outside girl is what we knew her ads as one at one point because she uh, infamously did this on an episode of Dr. Phil. What do you think is going to happen when you happen to steal somebody's car that decides that they're going to drop a hammer on you and prosecute you to the full extent of the law? That I do my time in jail. Jail ain't nothing. That's what I always do, and they never catch me. Ain't nobody going to catch me. Because you're too streetwise? Yup. And all these hoes laughing like something funny. She's talking about the audience, that they're laughing at her. Did you say the... The, the hoes are laughing? Yep. So the audience are a bunch of hoes? Yep. Catch me outside, how about that? Huh? Catch me outside, how about that? Catch you outside? Catch her outside, I means she'll go outside and do what she has to do. This is mouth. Oh, do so you, you want to take this outside? Because I think they can bring cameras outside. Really? Because I think I flipped you. You want to do it again? Danny, don't get all tough. Please don't. This is not the place hey, and this is not sit the Sit down. Sit down. All right, Danny. <laughs> Flip me now. Don't flip me now. Oh, was was that person like a, a translator for her? Or who was that on the show? Unfortunately, I believe it was her mother. Oh, like Jesus. it was her mother that had to deal with it. That's the reason why she was on Dr. Phil. What I want to know now is mom going to get some money? And I hope so. So Bad Bobby, I don't even know how old she is, but she starts going by Bad Bobby now. Bobby. Because she is a rapper. She, she, I don't know. Or tries? I don't know. But she actually has like a, some celebrity friends. Like if you flip around on her Instagram page, you'll see her time to time with people that you may recognize and maybe not. But I think it all has to do with the fact she has money. Now, how does she procure this money? OnlyFans. She told people she makes, she has made so far $50 million off of her OnlyFans account. And people called her out and said, that's bullshit. There's no way. I called bullshit. I said, there's no fucking way. So she shared the, uh, the page. The page internally for her own account to show people how much money gross $53 million after OnlyFans takes a cut, though, she goes home with $43 million, of which she has to pay taxes on as well. I'm not sure what it's like in the States, but she's going to have to pay taxes on that. $43 million. I cannot believe that she's making that much money. Yeah. But look at the breakdown on this. 
just from subscribers, she's got $16 million. That's people paying $14.99 a month to see her butt. She's making... Is uh, it just that, by the way, though? Or does she rap on there, too? I don't think she raps. I think it's like It's porn. all naked? I, I'm pretty sure it's porn. Okay. Yeah. Uh, she, in, in tips alone, $161,567. Messages, because you got to pay to message someone and make sure they get it. What is this, $25 million? Holy shit. Yeah, because I'm sure that's the cheapest one. So that's what people go to first is the mm-hmm. DMs, right? Yeah. No money off referrals, no money off streams, no money off of her posts, but she's making money in tips, subscriptions, and messages. You, you can't hate because, I mean, you can't, I understand. I'd love to, but I, I can't. know. That's the thing, right? Same here. That's exactly how I feel. You summed it up nicely. I would love to hate it. But she's making money fair and square. OnlyFans is legit. You put the work in and you make the contacts and you get the money and that's how it works. But isn't it so fucked up when you listen back to what happened on Dr. Phil, this young brat? And this is why I mentioned her mom, because I hope or anyone who was her loved one at the time that dealt with her horse shit. But perhaps she's still giving out the horse shit. I don't know. That dealt with that all the way through her youth to the point where she did end up going to, I think, some form of a camp or maybe she tried to go to some form of a rehabilitation of some kind because she was just an absolute fucking nightmare of a child. Did you give back? Are you giving them a helping hand? Did you buy them a house? Did you buy them cards and say, I'm sorry? I don't know because I, I don't know if she's been in. I'm sure there's interviews out there and I did not get the chance to look it up. But I hope and maybe this is just the optimist. I'm being an op- optimistic person today. I'm hopeful that she looks back on what she did because we all get to that point, right? Where maybe we have regrets about when we're young, the way we talk to our parents, maybe, or the, the way that we, maybe we were absolute assholes and we realize that. But at a certain point in adulthood, you hope you get the chance to look back and maybe you're a young adult at the time, maybe you're 18, 19 and you realize, maybe you don't realize until you're like 25 to 28 years old. But at a certain point you realize, oh, there's times where I was kind of a dick. And life has a tendency to come back around to you and slap you in the face and go, what did you do? I'm hoping she hit that moment where she's like, wow, you know what? I owe you at least all of this. I'm sorry. And hopefully she's made amends. Or maybe she's still a fucking brat. I mean, I don't really know. She's a rich brat is what she's she is. She's a rich brat. And it's that's the thing. Is like, and again, like, I want to fucking hate it, but she's making the money. Like, what are you going to do? There's people. Don't forget for every every time you want to hate someone like that, like the car, people who hate the Kardashians automatically, there are millions of people who are paying for it. What about them? Let's move to a couple other things. Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov is warning Ukraine risks provoking a third world war, saying the threat of nuclear conflict should not be underestimated. Well, hold the fuck on here. Huh? In an in-depth Russian TV interview yesterday, which you could have watched, but we banned Russian television in Canada, (laughs) Lavrov blamed Ukraine for the stalled talks between the two countries. He accused Ukrainian leaders of provoking Russia by asking NATO to become involved in the conflict. By providing weapons, Lavrov says NATO forces are, quote, pouring oil on the fire. Okay, so the Ukraine thing, I, I'm one of those people who thought from the beginning that it's wrong that we're just sitting here waiting for those people to be slaughtered. And that's what's happening. They're discovering mass graves all over Russia. Some of them, people with their hands behind their head or their hands even tied behind their back, shot to death and thrown in a mass grave. It's, it's disgusting. But I do understand the argument the U.S. and Canada and Germany and France and the U.K. and, and NATO and, and the G countries, they've got to stay out of it because if they get into it, it's going to be a full-blown world war. Right. It kind of sounds like that's the way Russia wants this to go. And frankly, I'm not sure why. I don't know what's going on over there. I don't get to see much of it. But I think it's strange that the massive Russian army, which we've been afraid of since the 70s, is having a hard time taking one city in Ukraine. I don't know what the world's worried about here other than the nukes. Well, now... Well, that's a, and that's a fair worry. And now the, the Russian foreign minister, what was it he said? They should not underestimate the risk of nuclear conflict. Yeah. It kind of sounds like a threat. Yeah. And, and if he's putting out a threat, then now we got to take it seriously. Because for those who don't know, yes, Ukraine is a Russian neighbor, and that's part of the reason Russia's invading Ukraine. We're also a Russian neighbor. Yeah, we certainly are. America yeah. is a Russian neighbor yeah. via Alaska. 
I don't want this shit to get crazy. If they have to start firing, we're right in the line of fire, and I don't want to put up with that shit. Is he threatening us? Is that what he's saying? Maybe he should be a little more specific on what he means. And I hope that our leaders are paying attention to this because we sure as shit don't want anything coming this way. Uh, there's going to be another convoy in Ottawa this weekend. Mm, great. The trucks obviously didn't end well in that some of the organizers are still trying to get bail. It's crazy to me. But the motorcycle convoy now, Rolling Thunder Ottawa, warned it will be, and I quote, a free-for-all on Friday if Ottawa police don't allow hundreds of protesters to bring their motorcycles onto the streets around Parliament Hill. Here's the problem. Ever since they cleaned up the truck convoy, they've had those roads blocked off. Concrete barriers, fencing, all sorts of stuff. Mm -hmm. You cannot drive around the Parliament District unless you are a government vehicle that's going to the Commons and you need to be properly accredited to do that. So when you hear the bikers say, we're coming and we better be able to get onto those streets... Do you take that seriously and think, eh, maybe we should negotiate. Maybe we should give them like one or two streets. Not the whole thing. We don't want a full-blown occupation here, but maybe we should let them in. You know, it's not the worst weekend to do it. Uh, just like from a, just hear me out here for a tourist standpoint, because the weather's not going to be that fantastic. I don't know how many people are in and around the downtown area. Maybe they do have events happening now. I know in the summer, it's a lot more uh, happening. Let's just put it that way, because there are two travel seasons, really. There's those people who do like to go skating, and that's fine, cool. On the canal, uh, yeah, on the canal, and I. And then there's obviously the summer travel. That's kind of my preference. That's when I like to go. And it's a beautiful spot too. You can visit with the family. There's carnivals, street carnivals. Hopefully they're back this year. Great. So if you're going to protest, I feel like yeah, get it, get it out of your system this weekend. But make it the weekend and wrap it up. And yes, so if that's the case, maybe they should open up one street, you know, for them to be on. And maybe that would be, that would make them happy. I don't know. I just know that this is everywhere right now. And do, do we want to bring that much attention to it or not? It depends. If it's peaceful, then fine. Absolutely. Great. There's a protest. Do you want to join? Join. But if it goes south, sometimes I wonder who should be to blame for that. The extraordinary measures granted to police during the Emergencies Act now is going to be the subject of a public inquiry. It's kind of funny because yesterday the, the politicians in Ottawa, the government, were running around like crazy talking about there's going to be a public inquiry. We've called a public inquiry to find out what happened and get to the bottom of this. Well, two things. The reason you have to call a public inquiry is because you use the Emergencies Act. The second thing is, it's right in the goddamn law that if you invoke the Emergencies Act, you have, what is it, 60 days after it's withdrawn to call a public inquiry. So don't give any government any credit here for calling a public inquiry. It's actually the law that they have to, and they did it on the last possible day that they could. So they've appointed Ontario Appeal Court Justice Paul S. Rouleau. He's going to head the inquiry. They say he will call witnesses and examine documents and gather all of the evidence to provide Canadians with a fulsome account of what led to the convoy and the measures taken to end it. And the report is due February 20th, 2023. This could go on for years if they wanted to. There's so much to drill down on. And I'm really curious to see which way Justice Rouleau goes with this. If he wants to figure out how the convoy started or why the convoy started, go right back to the beginning of COVID. Take a look at the federal election campaign. A lot of that had to do with the divisive tactics that were used during the campaign, the mandates that were put in place and then used as a political wedge. If he wants to look at all that stuff, he could and he probably should. Now, if he wants to examine why the Emergencies Act was invoked, Frankly, we haven't seen any evidence for that. Nothing has been presented to the public, and I'm kind of thinking now we probably won't see any of it until next February when this final report is tabled. Uh, some people are making a big deal out of a little asterisk that I'm going to put on this, and I don't know this for sure. I'm going to say that it is being reported by several media outlets that Justice Paul Rouleau, who's going to head the Rouleau inquiry, is was appointed to the bench by... Prime Minister Paul Martin, when Paul was the PM uh, for a brief time that he was, 
and he's a former staff member for the Liberal Party. Oh. He used to work for the Liberal Party, and he's heading up the inquiry into the Liberal Party's use of the Emergencies Act. I, I don't know how transparent this is going to be. In fact, just yesterday, Bill Blair, who keeps touching his nose, by the way. A few times I've seen Bill Blair lately, and that happens. I, I don't know what's going on there. but it's itchy. Uh, it's, no, oh, it's, it's allergy itchy. season. Yeah. Allergy season. Oh, is it allergy season again, Bill? Um, Were you up late with your allergies last night, Bill? Was that it? In any case, uh, he would not say one way or the other if the government is going to waive cabinet confidentiality there's one thing that can really railroad all this the government can say justice rouleau no you can't see the the evidence that we used to call the or to invoke the emergencies act because that's a matter of national security and only the cabinet is privy to that information Well, why are we doing the inquiry if they can't get access to everything? I don't see that there's any national security concern here. Not one. But they could, in theory, really get around this process if they want to invoke cabinet confidentiality. And so far, the government won't say that they won't. Yesterday, the nation's top banker, Tiff Macklem. I don't know if this guy's a smart guy or if he's brilliant or if he's stupid as shit is there a lot of people that name their kids tiff or is this like a one-time deal that is so fucking funny you wonder you ask that because yeah. i've been wondering that myself tiff is what what, what is tiff was he, how long how long has tiff tiff been around toronto Internet, like was it conceived there like i mean i just have a lot of questions anyway continue he's older than like color movies got you got you. yeah <laughs> in any case uh, tiff here has admitted now that yes the bank of canada made some mistakes trying to tamp down inflation and now we've got a massive inflation problem yes we do so while he was speaking to the house of commons standing committee on finance yesterday he said the key interest rate could rise another half point yeah. in june you know it's that would be a full interest rate hike in four months you know and this yeah i mean what, what do we what do we do how do we can what do we do what do we do? I really don't know. You know? But they can, Tiff, you dumb shit. You have been warned time and time and time again. You can't just fuck with the interest rates. You can't just raise them arbitrarily and then keep saying it's going to go up. It's going to go up. It's going to go up. When you know full well you're going to cause a recession. Mm-hmm. You're going to drag us into a recession again. Mm-hmm. If you're trying to bankrupt the middle class Go ahead and keep going, but what you're doing is wrong, and this is the wrong way to tackle this inflation. There are three, four, maybe even five other things you should be working on first before you go to the interest rates, because you assholes handed out money like it was fucking candy on Halloween, and now people have borrowed that money, they've spent that money based on the interest rate that they had at the time, and now you guys are jacking it up a full point in four months, and you're warning another half point before the end of yeah. the year get the fuck out of here and, and i'm not against you know it, it's the rate's gonna go up we all know that but ample warning and not doing it so f- like close together like that that's you know it might be just a little bit and for some people it's gonna make no difference to their lives they're gonna be like nah, it's fine not a big deal for a lot of people that matters a lot yeah we're talking a couple hundred bucks yeah. a month in that's some all, cases yeah. depending on the size of your mortgage even more if you've got credit cards or yeah. lines of credit or car loans or anything like that that's tied to prime rate uh, tiff stop fucking with it You did your half point. Okay, you can say the Bank of Canada did something. If you want to do another half point, I can arguably see a justification for that. But you're sure as shit not going to do it in June. you got to space these things out and give people lots of notice so they can prepare. How many people are thinking, yeah, I mean, I could probably drive for Uber Eats or skip the dishes. Yeah, I could probably do this or do that as a side hustle because they're going to need a side hustle just to be able to afford what they can barely afford now. Absolutely. And this fucking guy is so out of touch. The people who empower this guy are so out of touch because they are wealthy beyond belief. We're talking elite money. They have no idea the struggles that regular middle class and lower class Canadians have. And frankly, taking even a couple hundred bucks a month away from them is going to be catastrophic. You're going to start a recession, Tiff, and you got to stop the shit. And if you could change your name, because I don't like lecturing a guy named Tiff. (laughs) <laughs> it's it kind of funny. Hey, Tiff. <laughs> uh, is Johnny Depp brilliant or is Amber Heard's lawyer just a complete moron? Uh, I think Amber Heard's, uh, I don't, <laughs> I think that here's the problem though. One thing missing from that is Amber Heard 
really fucking herself over right now. I think she is. And I think she is. I think that's what it is. Don't I, poke the bear. You wanted to go to court, Amber. Here you are. Yesterday, Johnny Depp, uh, he wrapped up his time on the stand. So it was, it, it actually ended with Johnny's lawyer. You always, I believe if I'm not mistaken, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you always end with your own attorney. Right, questioning you. It depends who calls you as a witness. Okay, so her attorney did his thing, and John, at one point, it was really just, uh, my mind was kind of boggled, because at one point, he simply read tabloid headlines, like for um, two minutes straight. Uh, Johnny Depp falls off the ship while filming, and he was actually drunk playing Jack Sparrow. Is that correct? Uh, Johnny Depp, you know, you know, and all these like dumb tabloid articles. And he's like, uh, he's answering to them. Johnny Depp reportedly drank heavily and was constantly late on the new Pirates movie set. Did I read that right? You did, reportedly. Johnny Depp's financial woes might sink the next Pirates of the Caribbean. Did I read that right? You did. I don't know. The next article, May 25th, 2017. Where did it all go wrong for Johnny Depp? After a string of flops and a ton of bad press, Johnny Depp's star power looks as wobbly as Jack Sparrow on a plank. Did I read that right? You read that very, very well. The next one, Hollywood Reporter, (laughs) Pirates of the Caribbean, The Diminishing Returns of Johnny Depp. Did I read that right? You certainly did. Hollywood Reporter were very nice to me. July 12th, 2017. Headline, Johnny Depp allegedly showed up drunk to movie premiere, reports say. Did I read that correctly? Reports say... This is hearsay. June 21st, 2018, Mm -hmm. a Rolling Stone article entitled The Trouble with Johnny Depp, multi-million dollar lawsuits, a haze of booze and hash, a marriage gone very wrong, and a lifestyle he can't afford. Did I read that right? You did. You should read the article. And the last one, (laughs) Daily Mail, vodka for breakfast, 72-hour drug binges, and spending sprees that beggar belief. Allison Boshoff reveals why Hollywood's reeling over what's being called Johnny Depp's career suicide note. Did I read that correctly? You did. Who's Allison Boshoff and how does she know? <laughs> so good. So good. Hey, this guy's just thrown out tabloid headlines. I think just to cloud over the issues and, and try and draw attention to their original angle on this, that Johnny Depp's a piece of shit. <laughs> But you can't just quote tabloid headlines and and as if they're fact. We, and Johnny we, called him out on it. I would love I would love to know what the so far how the judge feels. And we're never going to know until the end. But uh, you you can't imagine the judge going through this entire process so far with just Johnny on the stand, just Johnny so far, and going, yeah, yeah. Oh, is that a tabloid from OK Magazine that you're reading? Good, good factual evidence. This is great. What the fuck are you doing? First of all, second of all, yeah, they're trying to hide some things. Uh, Like the fact that they caught Amber in a lie when she revealed that she carried around a very specific cosmetic palette to hide her bruises. And they even showed the palette. This palette, exact palette. This is what she carried around with her to cover the bruises from Johnny. Well, the cosmetic company itself came in afterward and said that product was not even out until 2017 after they had already broken up. So someone's fucking lying there and it doesn't make you look good. And so far, there's been so many things that don't make Amber look good. If you had to pick a winner right now, you'd say... So far, Johnny's winning this one. Amber still has to take the stand. Still several witnesses to go through, some of which would be quite boring, like housekeepers and things like that. Some of which are bigger names. James Franco, will he join? Uh, Elon Musk, will he join? I think so far they're both question marks. I'm not sure if they'll be needed or you can also just, um, what's the opposite of calling upon a witness? Like You can also say, you can also go without them, right? And Mm -hmm. say, we don't need them anymore. So it depends on how you feel at the time and how the trial, you believe the trial is going for you, whether you want to call upon those witnesses or not. So we'll keep you updated if anything crazy comes from it, but I'm excited to see if Amber might fuck herself over. And I know there's some people who don't believe Johnny Depp who believe that he's, I don't know, Howard Stern yesterday called him a narcissistic piece of shit for wanting his... Uh, the trial to be televised. But keep in mind, I don't think that was necessarily all his choice. And where do you sit on Amber Heard then, who also seems to be quite fine with it? The trial being televised, I think from Johnny's standpoint, is all the bad shit is out there. Allegations are out there. And part of what he's doing here is not just defending himself and his fortune from his ex-wife. He's trying to defend his reputation. I think the strategy there is put it on TV. Let the world see the contradictions. Let the world see the lies. Let the world see what they're trying to do here. And if he's successful, if the world gets to sit and watch it like the OJ trial back in the day, uh, then maybe that would sway some people who tend to think like Howard does. 
Howard's also changed quite a bit. I mean, there was a time when he would have had a very different perspective on this, I think. BuzzFeed brought up an interesting topic yesterday. It was just the other day, actually. They were talking about how freely people throw around the term red flag. <gasps> oh, boy. It's a red flag. Just saying red flag is a red flag, right? <laughs> people use it very interchangeably yeah. with sure. other words, and they don't necessarily interact the way they are intended. So what I'm going to do here is I'm going to give you a couple of examples of things that might happen in a relationship. Okay. This, this is what BuzzFeed did, and they asked people, is this a red flag or is it a green flag? Meaning, yeah, this is a check in their box. The, keep going. So in a relationship, giving small gifts early on in the process. Uh, let's say I went out on a first date with my girl. At one point, I did have a first date with my girlfriend. Sure you did. On the second date, if I bought her, uh, I don't know, maybe a purse. Hey, you know what? I was shopping today and I thought this would be perfect for you. And I gave her a purse. Is that a red flag? Uh, I wouldn't consider it a red flag, but when you say small gift and you say purse, I assume you mean not like a super expensive one or anything like that, because that does make a difference. If you say small gift, to me, that means, hey, you told me on our first date your favorite treat was Twizzlers. I got you a pack of Twizzlers. That's cute. That's That's great. But if you're like rolling up with like all this, this brand new wardrobe or something, that's fucking weird. Okay. 85% say, that's cool. A green flag. 15% disagreed. And called that a red flag. I don't know. Small gifts. Yeah, I don't know why that's a red flag. Again, I guess it depends on the gift. But small gifts, yeah, that's fine. Texting you all day. All day. I, I, I'd love a little more specific yeah. uh, timing on this. I don't know what that means. I mean, I yeah. text, for example, with my girlfriend throughout the day. But it's certainly not a prolonged no. experience. Hey, how are you? Good morning. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that, I think it's a red flag. Red flag yeah, for constant Yeah, a texting. lot of texting. Right after a first date especially. Like, it'd be one thing if, like, you got a text in the morning or maybe it's later in the day, fine. Like, hey, I had a really great time. It was great to see you, blah, blah, blah. And maybe you text back and forth a few times. Great. But if this person is texting you all throughout the day constantly, yeah, it's a red flag. Like, because I mean, A, don't you fucking work or something? Like, don't you have shit to do? I'm kind of worried about that. Are you a little bit obsessive? Is that why? What are you texting me about? That all matters. All of those factors matter. 53% say it's a red flag. It was close, but you're right. 53% don't like that. 47% say it's a green flag. Asking you to hang out more than twice a week. Is that a red flag early in the relationship? No. 82% say it's actually a green flag. Yeah. Less than one in five call that a red flag if he wants to spend time with yeah. you. More than once a week. You know, if he, or twice a week, If sorry. he or she, for that matter, doesn't matter, want to spend time with you, that's good. Yes, they want to see you. And hey, we, I know we set up a date for the weekend, but you know, it's Wednesday. I, I, can I take you out? Can I take you out? Are you busy tonight? Because I want to see you again. That, they're into you. Why are you fucking complaining about that? Isn't that what you want? That's nitpicking. Like, what are you doing? You're trying to sabotage the relationship already. Yeah, mm-hmm. they want to see you. If you want to see them and it's reciprocated, go see them. It's funny. I, I'm, that's interesting that you use that terminology, sabotage the relationship, because I think a lot of people use the term red flag and look for them to sabotage something right. that they don't. Yeah. Eh, I thought I was ready, but I'm not. Or I thought I liked him, but I really don't yeah. want to do that right yeah. now. Sure. What about calling you mine? Calling you mine. Is that a red flag? Yeah. Like in what? Con- like, give me a context like, here. Oh, you know what? You're so beautiful. I can't believe you're mine. Ooh, uh, that, you know, that's gotta be, is that split? I mean, part of it could, could be creepy, but if you like, like, if you really like the person, then you love it. Okay. But I mean, early in the relationship, that's probably weird unless you've established that we're exclusive in a relationship or something like that. Me, uh, I just said it one time, not even that long ago. My girlfriend came home from work and I said, Hey, there's my girl. Whoa. And no, I don't own her, but yeah, in the context of our relationship, <laughs> she is mine. Right. It's not a slavery thing here. It's just she's my girlfriend. Right, right. That's my girl. Um, I, I can understand how people don't like it, but they should be clear about that. Be like, I don't like that. Okay. I am my own person. I'm independent. I make my own money. I can do my own thing. I don't, I'm not owned by anybody. There are some people who do believe all of that stuff, so they might not like that. Maybe say it differently if that's the case, but 
It depends. If it's creepy, like, you're mine. Like, okay, well, fuck, I'm out. In all fairness, though, <laughs> if she had had an issue with it, I believe she liked it. If she'd had an issue with it, I would have unreservedly yeah. apologized. Yeah. It was just a thing. And say something, by the way. If your partner says something to you, even if it's at the beginning of the relationship or in the middle, of, you know, you're deep into the relationship, tell them, hey, you know what? I actually don't like when you call me this. Okay, that's good to know. They can't read your mind. So what do you think? Is it a red flag or a green flag? I'm going to say 50-50. You're close. 36% said green flag. 64% said that's a red flag yeah. if he's using those possessive terms. Yeah, it is possessive. Introducing you to their friends and family within the first six months of dating. Red or green flag? That's a green flag. Absolutely. 90% agree that is a green flag. Yeah. Only 10 said it was a red flag. Family's important to a lot of people. If I'm willing to say, you know what? I want you to meet all the most important people in my life because you're important too. Why would you why would you think of that as a red flag? Six months is a long time. What if he says to you, I can't hang out. I've got to go see my therapist. I see a therapist regularly. Red flag or green flag? Well, I would want to know more information. But it's none of your goddamn business. It's still early in the relationship. I can't go. Nosy is a red flag. (laughs) (laughs) I would absolutely. Who wouldn't have some form of follow up? Okay, fine. You got to go see your therapist. Cool. Then, though, what happens in my mind is every fucking thing you could possibly imagine. Why would happen? What'd you do? What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? (laughs) Yeah. Like, why do you do it? Why do you, you know, is this date back to your childhood or is this like a new thing? What do you suffer from? What is it? Like, what kind of pills are in your cabinet? What's happening? Those stereotypes shouldn't be there, but they are. Some people see therapists regularly. Just to make sure that they're like, they realize at a certain point for themselves, you know what? I should see someone and talk to someone and they make it a regular part of their routine. And that's perfectly healthy and great. But you can't help but wonder if someone just throws that at you. Oh, is everything okay? Consistently seeing a therapist, 70% green flag. If you're seeing a therapist, you're presumably working on yourself. Sure. And I think a lot of people want to think that people are striving to make themselves better. It's never a bad thing to do, right? Talking about making long-term plans with you early in the relationship. We've been out on a couple of dates. Is it okay then to talk about, I don't know, maybe someday we'll buy a house. Mm -hmm. Maybe someday. Have you thought about having kids? Because I'd like to have kids. My husband did that to me. Really? He dropped all of it on me, like really early. And I was good with it because I really, really liked him. Hmm. So is it a red flag or a green, green. flag? Green. I'm going to go green. Yeah. Talking about making long-term plans with you early on, 64% said it's a red flag. 36% said <laughs> I like it was that. green. I like that creepy shit. Tell me. <laughs> <laughs> what if they say, hey, you know what we should do? We should share our locations on the phone. So- oh, like Snapchat or, or, or with the, the yeah. iPhones. Uh-huh. Yeah, let's, let's share our locations and then we'll know where each other is. I, can I, 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 I know couples who do this. I know couples who share their location, some of which are married. And for emergency reasons and stuff like that, I get it. I don't hate it. That's great. If you guys are totally in agreement, like, yep, we share each other's locations so that I know where you are. In case I can't get a hold of you and I realize, oh, he's still at work. It's OK. Oh, she's still at work. It's all right. Oh, she's at blah, blah's house and probably doesn't has her phone in the car or something, whatever it might be. But early on in a relationship, if you're asking for a location, that's a red flag. Yeah, that's a red, 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 red flag. In the name of transparency, I would have absolutely no problem with sharing my location with my girlfriend. Yeah. The location is going to be very simple. I'm either going to be at work or I'm going to be at home because I might, don't go anywhere here's else. the thing is you might leave me because you're going to find out how actually boring I am. Yeah. Uh, sprinkling, st- sprinkling a few golf courses here and there. Grocery store. Yeah. Maybe go out with the girlfriends. Maybe I'll be at the patio over here. Maybe when I am hanging out with people in the summertime, I'm a little bit more here and there. But for the most part, yeah, I'm going to be at, at, at some form of a shopping location, work or home. So... Red flag or green flag? Share the location. Oh, early on is a red flag. 18% say it's a green flag. 82% say that's a red flag. Who are the one in five that yeah. want to do that early in a relationship? Is this people that are maybe that have that have been scorned, that have been through shit and don't and have some trust issues, quite frankly? I mean, flip it around. Maybe you are just seeing the fact that they want to be transparent and they want you to be able to track them. Not necessarily thinking he wants to track me. Think I'm allowed to track him. Oh, so you can trust me. Here's my location. Yeah. So in right. that case, I can kind of see how that might happen if you're looking at it from that perspective. Making a point 
to plan all your dates. Oh, see, this is so this so this one's subjective because there's different types of people. There are people who are organized that want to maybe take control more or there's people who are a lot more 50-50. I'd be okay with it. I mean, me personally, I wouldn't consider that a red flag. You want to tell me you want to take me here and then you want to go there? Cool. If I don't have to make those plans, great. You can go ahead and make them. Maybe not every single time. Maybe after a few dates where you've planned everything, can I just take the lead on it? But no, I wouldn't call it a red flag. I don't think anything turns me on more than organization. Yeah. <laughs> If you have a plan, sign me the fuck up. What am I eating? Tell me what I'm putting in my face. Like, I don't care. You go ahead. If you know where we're going, what time we're going to be there, when we're leaving, when we're going to be home, uh, if you know the specials, that'd be great. Uh, All that stuff. You want to plan that shit out? Absolutely. I love the organization. And we're very split on that. 60% said it was a red flag, but 40% said it was a green flag. Mm-hmm. Nah, I want to plan everything. Mm. Let's let's plan it. And you know what? If we're going to stray from the plan, I'm going to suggest we have a vote. <laughs> let's make this as official <laughs> as possible. You are that is not spontaneous at all. <laughs> let's vote on whether to be spontaneous today. Is it a yes? How about calling you multiple times a day? Yeah. I How mean, about don't call me at all? I, I don't want to talk to fucking anybody. I'm okay using my voice sounds. Like, I mean, if you st- if you just start a relationship with that person and you want to hear from them, there might be some things, too, that you're less comfortable texting, that you're more comfortable saying with your own mouth sounds. So mm-hmm. in that case, absolutely. Or maybe you want to stay on the phone for a long time because you can't see each other physically. So you want to stay on the phone. That's great. 70. It, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. The part, the part that's important is how many times? Like, what do you mean? Like all day? Like this goes back to the text too. Cause some people said it was a green flag. I want to go back to that one and say, what the, what do you mean? If they text you on the half hour, every half hour all day, that's not a red flag to you. So for me, if it same thing with phone calls, if you're trying to call me and I look at my phone and I got seven missed calls and I, it's only been an hour since I picked up my phone. That's a red flag. Okay. What about calls you in the morning on the way to work? Calls you on his lunch break? Calls you after work? Yeah, that's not too bad. That's not too bad. Hmm. It's still a lot of, it's still a lot. 79% red flag in that. Yeah. But what is the, then tell me, go back to what the difference is then between the text messages constantly. Is because it's not so intrusive? Is because phone calls are a little more intrusive than texts are? Is that why? I, I don't know how to explain it. Uh, phone calls, people don't generally want them at all anyway. Yeah. We aren't really a talking oh, yeah. person anymore. So I get that. Yeah, I can see why that is the case. But 21% say it's a green flag. Not being great at texting but being great in person, red flag or green flag? That's perfectly fine. That's totally a green fine. flag. That's a, yeah, okay, cool. No problem. 76% yeah, called that a green yeah, flag. Yeah. Not texting good morning when you wake up. Is that a green flag or a red flag? Mm-hmm. Not texting good morning right when you wake Are you up. really getting angry that someone doesn't text you right away in the morning to say good morning? No. You got to look real deep into something to try and figure out the meaning of does they, do they or don't they text good morning in the morning? That's a lot. 71% say it's a green flag if they don't text good morning right when they wake up. Fine. One in three say that's a red flag. Who are the one in three that want that? Like, Do you just want that because you want to know that, oh, they woke up thinking about me? Or do you want that because, oh, fuck, I just woke up. She's going to know I'm up. I better text and say good morning. My question, too, is does the expectation drop down lower the longer you're with the person? Like, I mean, people who are in a relationship, married or not, doesn't matter, long-term relationship, do you do you expect that from your partner every single day? You know, ask yourself that. Are these people who would consider that to be bad if they don't text good morning every day? Are you expecting that, like, for the rest of your existence? Like, what's up there? Yeah, it's a hard thing to get out of, too. Uh, Before we lived together, I would text my girlfriend goodnight before I went to bed. And I mean, she probably didn't care that much because she would be up until the hours that normal people are up. Abnormal people like you and I that get up at three o'clock in the morning or sooner, we go to bed much earlier. So she'd get that goodnight text probably sometime between 830 and 9 p.m. I thought that was okay, but it was weird when we started living together and I stopped sending it because I could actually just say it with my mouth. And I thought... No, maybe I'll just go up to bed and text her <laughs> just to keep the tradition going. Yeah, it's amazing to me that some like and everybody's different. As long as the couples are like you do, you do what works for you. I'm in I'm in the point now in my, you know, relationship where I've been we've been together almost like 17 years where it's like there's points where he texts me and it's a beautiful text. I don't even respond. I saw it. I'll respond to you later and vice versa. But we just have an understanding. It's not a red flag. You're busy. I'm glad you're busy. Thanks for working hard. 
Because we need to feed our fucking family. Works hard. Oh, red flag. Yeah. Hard worker. Yeah, like, what? oh, no. I'm never going to see him. Red shit. flag. You have shit to do. I've got shit to do. Thanks for the text. I actually liked it in the moment. I didn't have time to text you back. Who gives a shit? You know, we're, we're, that's the end of the list. It's a good one from BuzzFeed. I'd like to do that again in some different scenarios. And we will in the future on After 9. I really wanted to talk about so many other things, including, um, well... The NDP released their whole platform yesterday, and it's interesting. The conservatives and PCs are fighting for this. Uh, sorry, conservatives are the PCs. The PCs and the liberals are fighting for the senior citizens vote. We didn't get a chance to talk about that. Uh, the what are these assholes called? The Ontario Confederation of University Faculty Associations. Is that's there an a, acronym that's there? A lot. The OCUFA. We'll just call them the FU. They. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, are complaining that mask mandates in most universities are coming up. We need to stop moaning. On Monday. As of Monday, oh, most of them go mask-free. Okay. May 1st, which is Sunday, I believe. So Monday would be the first day back in class where masks aren't required and they're flipping out, so they're being real lobbyist-type people. Uh, all that stuff we didn't get a chance to get to, but we're going to try and squeeze it in at some point throughout this week. If not, it'll come up between now and the election. Yeah, we'll you have. You bet it will, we'll Doug. We'll have lots of that. It's not till June. Yeah. Whatever. It who, hasn't even started who gives, yet. Who gives a shit? That's the thing. Is like the campaigns really haven't even like kicked into high gear. So fuck. Have a great Tuesday, everybody. We will be back with another episode of After Nine tomorrow. Elon Musk bought Twitter for forty-four billion dollars. Yep, he now owns SpaceX and Twitter. It's like Musk is thinking, "I've seen the heavens, now on to hell." The owners of JCPenney have offered to buy Kohl's for $8.6 billion. Meanwhile, Best Buy is calling up Radio Shack like, you up? Firefighters in Washington State last week rescued a woman after she fell headfirst into an outhouse toilet trying to retrieve her cell phone, which is crazy because it was an Android. The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold, guaranteed, or he'll buy. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.